from Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community. Super Yacht Radio. Welcome to the crew mess. So we are joined by Jack Robinson from Super Yacht Technology. SuperYachtTechnologyNews.com, yes. Uh, that's right. Is, has that changed? Was it always SuperYachtTechnologyNews.com? Yes. So uh, we have some big plans for SuperYachtTechnology.com, which I'm not going to talk to you about till 2020. So we oh, you can't do that. You can't. You can't. You can't do that. That's like saying, hey, I've got a secret, but I'm not going to tell you. Well, that, that's exactly what I'm going to do because we have some amazing plans for it. And at the moment, we've obviously got Super Technology News and we've obviously got our, our, our conference at the World Trade Center in Barcelona. So we, yes. I'll just say we've got enough work on our plate at the moment. Now, before we go on professional, before we go on air, shh, yeah. we're already on air. You were meant to send me a banner for our website. From Palma de Mallorca to the global Super Yacht community. Super Yacht Radio. Website because we want to put it up there and let people know about Super Yacht News, Tech, Super Yacht Technologies Conference. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, I think it's a very good example of how busy I've been. And, uh, <laughs> good and comeback. <laughs> what I'm going to do, just to, uh, just to just to prove a point, is I will actually send it to you whilst I'm, uh, whilst I'm actually... Whoa. on the phone you're multitasking um, and as you're going to be attending you can even have our, our one which basically says you know proud sponsors and all of this stuff so oh. uh there you go it's even animated for you well, i'm great i'm glad i've publicly shamed you on that one jack how are you yeah. i'm very well actually uh a little bit tired we've uh i've been jetting all over the place and last week did a moderated a panel for the italian uh, partner oh. event in Mallorca, actually in your back garden. What? Thanks for the phone call. Oh well, you know you got to keep you're going to keep up to date yourself. I can't. Oh. I'm not your PA. Ah, oh. embarrassing moment there. <laughs> I actually got a call uh, from Colin Squire as he was on the ferry leaving Mallorca, going back to uh, Barcelona, and he phones me up and he goes, "Oh, I feel so bad." I was in Mallorca and I forgot to phone you. So there's no point in telling me that. You're on your way off the island. Anyway, you're looking good. Whoa, we're on hold. Sorry. That's okay. Phone call then. Yep. Carry on. Um, it's it's a super yacht, super yacht, yacht show season. So... I would imagine you've been bouncing around. All of the shows, all of the shows at the same time of year. I mean, uh, it's it's an interesting one the way that we do it, isn't it? I suppose one of the arguments I've often had from the crew on board is it's the wrong time of year because they're already in refit, and actually the best time to show you would ideally be before the season, so that then they can have something to take away to show the owner, and then the owners on board in context on their yachts, and they think. Oh, right, you know, this isn't working as well as I'd like. I'd like something else. I mean, that's probably being polite. But, um, but then there is an opportunity to get it signed off during the season, get it on the work list for September, and not wait until the owner's gone home and, to be honest, just gets a bill across their desk. It's it's a common complaint that I've actually had from, from I, people. I think there's too many of the damn things. You know, you look at the beginning of the season, you've got Miba, Libra, uh, Palma Yacht Show, um, what happens at the beginning of the season here? Oh, you've got, you've got a lot of them. Um, all sorts of other them. events we, we don't know about that are going on as well related yeah. to parallel industries to us. And then at the end of the season, there's there's another club. Um, so I, I guess you just can't make everybody happy all the time. No, that's, yeah. that's true. That's but, true. Um, yes, so I think we've got some 
subjects for you we today. Do. We were going to talk about hydrogen. Mm. Yes. Mm. Um, Maeve did say this. Maeve did say to me, because uh, she used to be talking to you, and she goes, yeah, we're going to talk about hydrogen. I'm not sure if Jack's fully on board with the whole hydrogen concept. It's not that. It's not that. And, and people misunderstand the uh, what I've been saying, by the way. And I am I'm just looking up something so that I can back back up what I'm saying a little bit. Um, what I don't like. See, I love hydrogen, and I wish the I industry. I prefer helium myself. It makes me sound funny, but each to their but, own. <laughs> I think what I don't like is when people hijack very serious uh, issues such as, you know, we see green energy and then turn it into a marketing ploy where actually the segment of an engine of a very well-known, uh, let's just say it's one of the, the two smaller rail production yachts, so mass production yachts that we know very well, both British brands. And there's one of them that has obviously launched a hydrogen yacht. Mm -hmm. But uh, you're, you're talking, uh, you know, it would be the equivalent of you know the cigarette lighter if you like i'm really exaggerating in, in terms of a component of the engine as a whole so you've still got these massive diesel engines and they've stuck a tiny little kind of like you know green energy or hydrogen you know element on there and then kind of go this is a hydrogen yacht which that's okay. where i kind of people misinterpret what i say where i think it's not it's not good when i've been sitting down recently with some absolutely amazing, uh, amazing guys from uh, uh, over at Mayfair Marine, actually, mm -hmm. who are really one of the thought leaders um, on the hydrogen side of things. And I saw a very interesting private presentation uh, there on hydrogen, and that was truly incredible. And it was really enlightening because it made me understand how big the moves are. Um, and realistically, you know, we're talking about over the next decade, uh, the, how we'll have to change the very design of a yacht to accommodate the tanks and then of course you know it's not enough just to have hydrogen on board um what will be actually vastly more important than that is the algorithms that establish the patterns of use on how we use energy because um if you take an example what you do with your mobile phone at home like allow it to go from 100 all the way down to zero right that's probably very common practice with a uh, with a mobile phone you cannot do that with a, a bank of batteries it would simply deplete and and you know use up those batteries which in themselves of course are, you know can have uh, damaging uh, environmental consequences very very quickly so what you need is algorithms that go, okay when you use the most energy on a yacht is between five and seven shower time and everybody gets back or, or whatever and effectively batteries should more like be going from say 63 percent charging up to an optimal 87 percent and then dropping back down to 64 percent and working using clever algorithms to do that and then so really like managing the load and the storage that kind of thing managing the load and the storage and being clever in the way of calculating when energy use which is obviously individual to each yacht you can see a pattern across lots mm. of yachts so i said five to seven can be quite a uh, you know can be quite a, a high use time but who knows depends is an explorer yacht you know is it a, a leisure yacht it all depends but these algorithms they should learn fairly quickly and hopefully at some point they should share data with each other as well to work out when your kind of optimal use of these uh, batteries is See, and then the hydrogen tanks i mean they take up vast amounts of space and you know they need to be somewhere 
Well, but see, of course, the, the, the this is where I, I if, if if I may, this is where I'd kind of interject, which I'm doing, obviously. Um, I feel that it's it's premature to actually have that conversation um, mm. with regard to tanks. And, and my reason for saying this is that the, the there has been, historically, there's been research into hydrogen over many, many years. But really... No, it's not uh, a new tech. It's very old. No, it's, it's, it goes back, actually, to Tesla. Tesla was, uh, and I, I'm going to lead into that, uh, Nikola's Tesla from yeah. uh, early century, 1900s. Um, but it's, it's just when you mention you know, the, the accommodation of tanks to hold a hydrogen, and the, the, the current concept is, and one of the big barriers to hydrogen, and correct me if I'm wrong here, one of the big barriers to hydrogen usage is um, the cost of extracting the hydrogen from water. And yeah, it the, is. The, it is very energy intensive. So this is a, another. Energy. It's yeah, a big cost involved. The energy is green that you're using to produce the actual yeah. hydrogen itself. And, and uh, the, the 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 second part, as you say, is that for a yacht or something significantly big, uh, you need mm. massive storage tanks in order to house the hydrogen, so that yeah. it can be used to recombine with oxygen using a catalyst, creating electricity. Which in themselves are quite large as well. So exactly. yes, you've installed all of those parts. And, and and I would argue this that I think we're we're so eager to adopt this new technology that we're looking at what we're currently doing. And I don't. I believe in the future. I believe in ten years. You mentioned ten years. I believe in ten years that we won't be needing storage tanks. That we can create the hydrogen on demand. And I'll, well, I'll, yeah, I'll, maybe. Well, it's already it's already kind of in 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 the test tube, as it were. There's um, a researcher by the name of Hu Fang Zhu. Guess where he's from? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> with his his team of guys, they what they've done is they've developed a a crystal form of zinc oxide. And. With these crystal uh, zinc oxides, you, you make them into effectively little batons or little strips. And depending on the length of the strip depends on, on, on how they react. But essentially is this. You take um, a bucket of water. Or you fill, let's, let's put it into a car. Fill a car full of water. And you introduce into that car the zinc oxide uh, crystals. And what happens is that those crystals absorb ambient um, sound waves from uh, passing traffic um, or whatever, and they begin to vibrate. And when they vibrate, they 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 effectively what goes through it's a whole big. They, they, what they do is they it's a it's a piezoelectric um, reaction that splits the water and hydrogen. And the hydrogen can then be harvested as you're going, as you're traveling, mm -hmm. to basically generate electricity and drive the motors. Yeah. So yeah. My, my, my thinking is that we, we're seeing now an explosion of innovation in hydrogen, in you know, fuel cells, and a whole, a whole lot of you know, uh, green energy. But hydrogen is the most promising, I think. And I believe that within five, ten years, 
we're, we're going to have systems where you, you can quite literally just take uh, water. Be, if you're in a boat, just take out seawater and have a process where we're making hydrogen on demand so we don't need to store it and create electricity on the way. And I, I think that's where it's going to go to. That would be that would be what the hope of all of us yeah would be. I think uh, generally uh, everybody wants to know more, and we have some really top experts at the Superyacht Technology Conference uh, who we've brought in, who specifically are there to talk about hydrogen. And what I like about these experts is they're very realistic. Um, they, they're saying you know it is difficult, and you have to make sure that you know where your hydrogen is coming from, that it's coming from green sources in itself, and. And they're explaining the realities. But there's also some really fantastic things that you can actually do. And probably what we'll see before hydrogen is more and more hybrids um, with even the possibility of removable tanks. So you've got other uses for space and, and that kind of thing. Um, but again, we, we, we kind of need to look at the experts on this. I think it's part of a broader issue. And of course, I would never say who, who in particular has been saying this across. I've heard this several times last six months. But the reality is, is it's becoming an, an increasingly more difficult conversation for somebody to say that they own a super yacht. And so for our industry to be sustainable and to grow, it's not just about it being green. It's about the fact that owners are starting to have a level of embarrassment. You and you go, oh, well, I'm very ethical and I do all of these fantastic things. But then, of course, you have a super yacht. And that. Um, I'm putting forward a business argument for going green. It's going to become there's going to be a tipping point, you know, a yeah. kind of a pitch level, yeah. where um, where you have to basically be conscious that owners are already saying to people at shipyards, uh, in refit yards, you know, what can I do to be more green? Whatever the motivations are, perhaps they are some are very very green, others simply are uncomfortable and want to have a greener yacht. We, we Either saw, way. We saw a similar thing after 2008 and the, the market crash where um, a lot of yacht owners wouldn't take their yachts out because it didn't look good. You know, there, I know one owner who um, had his boat, unfortunately, and he was really pissed about it. But No, he wasn't, but he, he did kind of say it in a funny way. Um, I'll say his name because, God love him, he's passed on and he was a wonderful man, uh, Mr. Copley, who had a boat called Happy Days. And it was up, it was a Delta boat, incredibly, incredibly lo lovely boat. And it was up in Seattle getting some work done. And then the crash happened. And he had a me media empire. And he, he literally, he said, I, I can't, I can't in good conscience move my boat from Seattle down the coast along which... Loads of companies, he had to lay off people because of the, the crash. And um, he just, he, he sat out two seasons and left his boat up in Seattle because it just uh, it didn't seem the right thing to do. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I think, as you say, um, th there's a lot of conscience where owners are looking at it going, you know what, it's, it's not the right thing to have this fuel-guzzling um, pollutant when there's the green alternative. So I, I think it will be a driving force, not for everyone, but certainly will be a driving force. I, I agree. I agree. I think you say, as I say, for me, there's a big business argument for it. Those <laughs> moving fast towards it will benefit because they will be part of a minority that can offer owners what they want. Those who fail to adapt and adapt late will not have what owners want. So effectively, you know, the, as I said, there's a very good business argument put forward for not just 
the hydrogen element, but an entirety of, uh, of going green. And of course, we're going to have to be realistic. There's going to be some very, very tight regulations that are going to come in. That is going to be absolutely uh, inevitable. Um, well, there, in we're, a, in also, sense. we're also throwing it back at the designers as well. Uh, conversation I had with Mark Stohart from Echo Yachts um, in design of the White Rabbit. Uh, she was a trimaran big boat. I can't remember how big she was, 60 meters or so. And yep. um, part, part of the design, uh, it was a company called 123 Design, I think it was. Uh, part of the design was um, what the inherent in the design of the boat. Uh, it brought amazing fuel efficiency. Mm. So Absolutely. I, I think that's the hydrodynamics are going to be a big yeah. part of it. Uh, you know, and, and, and how we, the weight, the, how we use the yachts. Uh, in the future, and how much data we share, because this is another thing that yachts do actually, funnily enough, sometimes they're collecting these vast and amazing amounts of data, um, but there isn't a centralized place with a collaboration ah. with the Oceanic Institute so, to be able to share those as, as well as we'd like. That is coming, my friend, that is coming. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I agree um, with you. It, it, it is. We spoke with uh, Rev Ocean, you know, the Rev... Uh, yeah. Rev I was Rev about to mention them, that's literally what I was about to say. <laughs> I beat you. Um, we spoke with them, well, it feels like a month ago now, and uh, a lot of focus has been on the, the, the Rev boat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but there's, absolutely. There's three parts to the whole project. There's the Rev boat, um, and the other two parts, which I found more exciting, uh, one is... Uh, effectively a rev database where they're yep. going to try and get all the other people who are looking at um, green uh, stuff <laughs> uh, be, it, be it fuel ecology or fuel, fuel economy um, design or whatever and they're, they're trying to create a single database for all the information and make it shareable so the people aren't reinventing yeah. the wheel, etc. But they're also creating, <clears throat> it, it had started off being the big blue, because they had designed this big skyscraper um, that was going to be a center for scientists, for researchers, for even if it was a 12-year-old in Minneapolis who had a good idea, um, they would bring them to this building and, and get them the scientists and the funding they need in order to develop. So that centralization of um, of knowledge of data um, is I think coming very very soon. Probably not soon enough, but it, it is in the in the process, and I think it is really really needed. Well, I hope you will be hearing a lot from them. I imagine over the next six to eight months and beyond. Um, so so that will be that will be quite exciting. But definitely the, the green element we're trying to make it for the conference a very big focus because we are aware. It's important to, uh, you know, it's important to everybody uh, out there. So, yeah, I think uh, that that's about, I, you know, I wouldn't, as, a, as always, pertain to say that I know a huge amount about hydrogen. As always, it's really secondhand information mm. from going out there and meeting amazing experts uh, in their fields and then, you know, really regurgitating some of what I've heard uh, out so that I, I end up knowing a little bit about a lot of things, not a lot about a lot of things so uh that that generally i suppose is, well, is what you are when you're involved in technology well, as a whole my mum used to have an adage about meeting the students coming home from school and finding out from them <laughs> so uh yeah it, it, it's unfortunate but we do we, we we're hearing from people and trying to pick up and, and often 
you have uh, you know, one person saying one thing, then you have another person with another thing, and it's, it, it's, it's not that easy being in the middle. Well, however, I have been very studious, um, and, and if I can um, bring us and, and, and say a, a one area that uh, I've been particularly interested in, which I think a lot of people do want to hear about, is obviously LEO, so the Low Earth Orbit. Uh, it's funny, I, I was on your website the other day, I, I, I jump on there every now and again to pick up some good news, and uh, I saw you had an article on LEO. We've got a lot of articles Internet on Internet for everybody. In fact, if you were to go right now onto superiortechnologynews.com, you will find... Did you just uh, plug your website? I'm always plugging my website. <laughs> Why would I not plug we, the website? I'm going to send you if, our if advertising. You to go, no, <laughs> send I you our rates. <laughs> if you want to go in and, and do a project and not know what's going on with the latest <laughs> technology and only listen to salespeople, that's entirely up to you. Obviously, you can get independent information from 3,000 articles from us and, and you know, you can weaponize your knowledge, uh, which I think is, is very important. So uh, what I would say um, is that there was obviously this presentation last week and it was quite incredible, uh, the level of, of where it's going with you. The fact that there is going to be connectivity essentially for everyone at high speeds all of the time, um, everywhere. So that I'm very excited about. And uh, if you would allow me, uh, I, will, I will kind of talk to you briefly about some of the stuff that I have learned. And in particular, I want to thank a company called OneWeb, who are one of the pioneers. They've just put, you know, three more satellites into space. And I watched the launch of that where Richard Branson was sat there and a lot of other people, I'm sure, who are very, very important to the world. Um, you know, putting putting these further out. But these, these guys are putting hundreds and hundreds mm. of satellites into the sky. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of information. So, the, and, and this isn't this isn't just for the super yacht world. This is for people on land as well. Yeah, it's going to affect people on land, but it will. I mean, I'm always focused on the super yacht side of yes. things, but it will, you know, obviously affect us. I suppose. Look, um, what it is, if you think about the goals of Leo. So, firstly, there are um, an. Oh, by the way, I've just put on super yacht technology news. What I was going to say, a video, I'm which is at basically explaining everything around you know, what uh, the different types of uh, orbits are and then gives you a bit more in-depth information about uh, the LEO constellation, uh, internet for everyone, everywhere. Um, and I think there's, you know, I think basically if you look at the kind of the core deliverables of what they want, it's a very exciting opportunity is to deliver full global coverage and achieve that. And this is something which the yachts talk about a lot at very, very good value. Well, this is what I was going to ask. Where's the culture? That's the crunch. Money. Yes, absolutely. Um, what you're going to have is fiber-like connectivity, but all over the world. Um, you know, and these, because they're low Earth orbits, also the lag on them the is, is very, very, latency, exactly, mm. that's the one, is very, very low. Um, so it's just going to be an, an all-round kind of enhanced experience, if you like, for customers. Now, yeah, you can have a look at you know how it will work in terms of the gateways, the user terminals. How, how are this? I mean, I, I rely on, on, on hopefully you. Um, how this? How does this sit with say five G? 
And I think the most important thing for, for me, uh, and I know very little about it, I haven't had time to really do the research, but the, the crux of the 5G for me is the latency side. Um, well, yes and no. I mean, look, with 5G, we talked about it in the last time, it mm. annoys me. Not 5G, it just annoys me that people's expectations of 5G very much supersedes where we are at with 5G at the moment. And, you know, I mean, there are areas where there's not even 4G. And now we're like skipping ahead of ourselves going, oh, 5G, it will change everything. I just don't stop putting out articles about 5G. And I hope someone out there might be reading them. And in fact, today, uh, to help your show as well, um, I've worked with a great company called Horizon Electronic based in Mallorca. Um, along with our own journalists doing their research to make sure it is independent, as always. And we have put out another very big article about 5G, uh, talking about the MIMO system, talking about uh, you know bonded solutions. Obviously, everything needs to be really combined. You know, will it become a point where you know VSAT is a backup to the G network, or will it be the other way around, or will it be seamless connectivity using both? Everyone has their opinions. Well, uh, I, I mean, my, my my point was this that um, you know, on the okay, one of the promises of five G is bigger bandwidth. Great. Uh, to, to be honest with you, that doesn't excite me in the slightest. Uh, where where I find it um, interesting is on the latency side because the latency opens up doors to certain technologies. Yeah. But what, 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 why, why do people worry about latency in terms of, I understand, there's a point with latency. Well, if, you, if like, you're looking at remote medical applications, if you're looking at okay. automated cars or vehicles, if you're now looking at automated um, boats and all those things that need uh, very quick uh, information being sent to a central point and then very quickly an instruction being sent back as to take. So, for example, if you have an automated car, Probably not a great Yeah, example. no, I understand. Yeah. Basically, they cannot be automated cars if there is any latency. So you need all, almost zero latency. Exactly. If you're going to have an automated car yeah. network. Uh, an automated car doesn't need 400 megabytes coming down to it. it. It'll do with a tiny stream. But what it does need is information arriving with virtually no latency whatsoever. So you can take almost real-time action on whatever situation you're in. And... That to me is 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 the primary thing for the five Gs and 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 the Leo constellation is um, that latency thing. Two, two very two very different things. So I think five G I want to keep very separate from Leo because you know if you like Leo is something that uh, is going to be an amazingly busy sky full of hundreds and hundreds of our of these you know very low earth How orbits. How do spaceships get through them? I mean that's going to be hard to navigate through those. Uh, yes, field of satellites. It will be a very, very uh, busy sky. Whereas, obviously, the official kind of full stop to 4G is officially the 3G PPS release 14, where user equipment categorizes 21 and 20, uh, sorry, 20 and 21, uh, you know, basically where 4G is at. Anything that's going to be running on category 22 and up is defined as 5G. So, where there's like a 4G with a mix of technology, 5G is, is, much, is a much better defined beast. If you like, that's kind of where we're at with it. If you want, to, if you want to go on the kind of more, more technical side of things, I'm happy to go there. I mean, after all, you are a superior technology. Uh, Why shy well, away from it? 
do with the it's to do with the supporting infrastructure. So we've got to wait for Leo to come online to really know what we're going to get. What we're promised is is amazing, and the world. Oh, we've got a little pause there from. Uh, that's terrible. That, that happened mid sentence. So uh, our connection has just dropped. Uh, we are trying to reconnect, and in the meantime, it will go beep beep beep, and. Uh, might be a good idea to put on some music while we try to re-establish a connection with Jack, who is obviously not on a 5G network. So um, bear with us and we'll get him back. Yes, indeed, Jack was not on a 5G or LEO network. He's uh, obviously at home. <laughs> so we've got him back and we've re-established our connection. I'm at home in central London where still sometimes my very high-speed uh, fiber optic, you know, lets me down. So there you go. I think what, what I was saying then was, um, you know, in the latency side of things, you know, there is even, um, and we are going to be covering this at the conference, I'm not going to talk about it too much today, there's even laser-based uh, internet. I mean, a lot of people out there will go, it's ridiculous. Even experts will say it's ridiculous. Others go, okay, it's got interesting. What are its applications? Now, the zero latency side of things, for, for example, laser-based internet, which is projected from the coast outwards, has, at the moment it would be, barely two kilometers but they're extending the range all the time where would it why would you need if you're a trader if you're a trader because one of the things ah. where you can't any latency whatsoever in, in not particular even hedge fund traders is if you are a trader and mm. so the promises of the laser-based stuff is that you're an anchor you want to do some trading and you don't want people to interfere with your trading and as such, or, or, you know, to be able to take advantage of that millisecond using supercomputers to, you know, yeah, no, I had a client who was a hedge fund um, administrator, uh, or hedge fund trader, and it really is, it's down to the millisecond. Um, so the millisecond, can, people have in the past made hundreds of millions mm. by the systems not keeping up, uh, you know, not being able to keep up. You mean lost hundreds of millions? <laughs> Yes, a lot, a lot, a lot. So, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of stuff coming online. Uh, I, I won't go into that as always. We'll never cover the super nitty gritty for that. You need to go and read the articles themselves into a lot of depth. And you need to weaponize your knowledge to, meet, to make sure that you actually know, you know, from the experts, uh, what reality and what, what simply isn't available at the moment because, you know, people will market a product. People will want to push that product. Um but whether or not it's truly functional at this point in time, that's something you need to do your own research into. And I think we try to be as independent as possible with that information. Yeah, but if, if, you're, if you're looking at, at onboarding that kind of technology, then, as you say, you need to bring in some experts and make sure that 
you have the right advice and not just from one camp but several camps to make sure that you're not just got a good salesman hitting at you. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And um, I don't know. Um, I think probably on, on Leo, uh, I, again, because I don't want to get too technical, I don't want to start to go into, you know, obviously the, you know, superior, I suppose the, the key points I would say if there was four would be superior performance, faster deployments, it's easier to maintain and it's exceptional value. Um, and, and within those kind of sub points is, the promises they're putting is up to 200 megabit standard throughputs, um, 50 milliseconds latency over satellite constellation. Wow, 50? But just, yes. just to put that in perspective, if you have a standard VSAT connection um, on a, a KU, you're looking at about 700, 700 to 800 milliseconds latency. Possibly. Possibly. You are, I've looked at enough IP pings on a boat <laughs> Painfully, but bear in mind there is going to have to be 650 satellites put up, which mm-hmm. currently is being split the task load between 22 businesses, um, and you know they want all of these really up and running, you know, by the kind of you know 2021 onwards from there, um, you know, and, and this is not not an easy task. You can put up two or three at, at a time, and obviously if that launch goes wrong, you, you lose billions. So. Uh, you know, I think I think we'll we'll get there. But again, maybe uh, you know we, we'll, we can do a dedicated thing talking to these uh, uh, these companies and themselves. Uh, can you still hear me? Yeah, a funny yeah, no, no, noise. we're still, we're still it, hearing it you. Sounds good. like a submarine going past. Um, so I think on on that one now, what I had kind of because I know we may run out of time. I had lined up, and, and I'm going to be very very cagey on this. However, um, how controversial would you like to go today, Dave? Oh, you can go all the way. Are you sure? Absolutely. Right, okay. Um, I suppose for me... You're not going to you take your shirt off or anything, are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> um, you may not be aware, because this is quite a serious subject, um, and I have to go with, uh, towards this with extreme caution. Firstly, to say that, you know, Super Technology is duty here. We are always here to really protect and help and you know uh, the industry as a whole we really want to uh, encourage things to be very positive and to protect owners and to protect the reputation of our industry mm-hmm. however eight months ago i was approached by several people uh, two of whom's yachts have been raided by police and uh, whose hardware had been confiscated and this goes back to relating to this issue around cinema content and uh, oh, okay. you know for anyone who's listening out there i have a very serious message for you which is, uh, you know, be very aware that there is a spotlight on our industry at the moment. Now, I am aware that it's difficult to find legal and compliant solutions, and there are great solutions like the Kaleidoscape system out there, and there are great cinema systems like the Omnion system out there. Um, What is incredibly important with any AV system that you are getting is to really think about where you're getting your content. Because unfortunately, um, I don't want to be liable, but I would say there is a particular company that's been supplying content that has distorted the market and um, has brought along a perception of what a yacht should focus on is the license. Are we talking about IPTV? no, we're not talking about IP-based stuff. We really are talking about movies here, actual okay, so movies. Actually, on a uh, server. It's a very simple message I have, right? Because people are operating under this thing called the MPLC license. And that's absolutely fine. That is, a, you know, it's a non-commercial license. It can't be used for profit. Otherwise, you need to get a public license. But again, 
But I will ask you this singular question. This is what I want everybody to think about in the industry. And I understand, by the way, there are some great new solutions launching. Uh, Kaleidoscape already has a legal solution. There are some great new solutions coming from people, uh, you know, like uh, Yacht Cloud and Omnion, mm-hmm. I believe, at Nets they'll be presenting. And like you said, there's a lot of IP-based stuff, which, you know, I understand the vast majority is very legitimate. Um, but if you're talking pure movies that you want to get, you know, before they come out on DVD and that kind of thing, this is the the message okay dave if you are driving along and i am a policeman and i stop you right and what i realized people have been asking the wrong question the information have been deliberately wanting to distort the market in a way of providing this wrong information to shipyards to individuals to yachts to suppliers now what i would say is this if i stop you and i see that your driving license has expired three weeks ago really not a big deal probably just going to say to you get it renewed bring it down the police station or something like that however if i find that the car that you are driving is stolen what do you think the bigger issue is the stolen car or your slightly out of date driving license it's obviously rhetorical well but yes. I, I would like to distract you from all the cocaine in the boot of my car but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> My driving license uh, pales in in comparison to my stolen car. Exactly. Now, what you want to ask yourself is if these companies are not capable of providing you with agreements that they have with the studios, that they can show you they've legitimately sourced these from a legitimate movie bank that is regulated, that is supplying cinemas, that is these kind of people, then... Ask yourself, are they just burning DVDs? So a good clue is, if they can't get you the movie till quite a little bit of time after it's come out on DVD. Now, you have a thing with legitimate companies, right? And I think, again, I said, uh, have a look at, you know, what Kaleidoscape so, doing. Have a look at the new system. So companies Yacht dealing with, with distribu- distributors like Buena Vista, who would be a, a major well, movie. You can deal with the studios, or you can deal with distribution companies who okay. have their own movie banks they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars purchasing it now you, you know anyone who promises you to get you any movie all of the time whenever you want absolutely anything uh my research of eight months with myself joe uh you know in researching this intensely indicates that's impossible um because there are very restrictive things like disney and stuff yeah. who, who can be very difficult to deal with now so if you're seeking perfection it doesn't exist however there is a great middle ground but be very, very conscious and very, very careful that when I was asking somebody what the liability of a yacht would be, they said, well, if they have a thousand movies and those thousand movies are all found to have been burnt from DVDs on some plywood rack in the back of some place in somewhere in whatever country, then that is 1000 times the liability for the intellectual property rights of those movies. And then for each country where they have been. Um, which totals out around about between six to, six to ten million dollars in liabilities. So you know, I, I I'm aware of these new solutions, but I would also like to see the bad solutions phase out of the market. At the moment, maybe we you know don't have a choice in w- what we do with those and use them. But I would certainly say be very careful listening to, listening to the salesperson and always ask them where do you get your movies and please show me the evidence of your agreements with a legitimate mm. distribution company or your endorsement by the Federation Against Copyright Theft or your direct agreements with studios. Should they then fail to be able to supply any of those, then they probably just have a boot full of DVDs that they are burning onto a hard drive and selling it to you. Now, 
that would be considered in any other in industry an international piracy ring uh, that is operating at a very high level, making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So not to go too dark side. No, no, I, do no I, I, I agree with you. And, and this, um, <clears throat> for those who don't know me uh, very long, before I was doing the radio, um, I was in VSAT, IT and AV on yachts. And this was one of the things that really bothered me because I, I, I didn't, I, 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 any time an IPTV company came along to a boat, the first thing I would ask them, because there are certain, certainly many, many channels that you can get with IPTV that are totally legal and totally fine. But then I would see bundled on, a, on some of them Sky Movies, Sky Sports, uh, the whole range of Sky channels, which I know are premium channels. And when you'd ask somebody, the reaction I got from most people was, oh, yeah, well, it's a little bit of a gray area in the law. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I don't like piracy. I don't, I don't, uh, don't have much time for it. And you're right. It, it, if you're caught with a server with a thousand movies on it, um, in some countries, that, that, like France, for example, take that very, very seriously. Where the majority of yachts are. Um, and I think there's a belief that, say, if you're in Monaco, nothing can happen to you. One of these yachts were in Monaco, and it was the Monegasque police that came on board. So really? it was quite interesting. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, apparently they are among some of the ones that would be maybe the, the strictest. So look, what, what I want to really be clear on is that, you know, we can't at the same time go, okay, grey areas. And that is true that we then leave the industry with no solution. So, uh, you know, I, I, do, uh, I do hope that there is more work well, to be there done. There are solutions. There are legal there solutions. Are, well, my, my research has indicated, you know, it's a very difficult thing. You have to make individual agreements and invest a huge amount of money in purchasing the rights for these movies. And not everybody no, but, is able to do that. No, but my, my, my point being like uh, Kaleidoscape. Kaleidoscape? Kaleidoscope? I always get Kaleidoscape. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, the CEO is a great guy. You, you, you get movies through them, you know it's legal. You know they've got the license yeah. and what you're buying, okay, it might be expensive and hopefully they've moved away from those controls where you have to find the programmer that did it originally because that was the one thing I didn't like about um, their product. Well, yeah. that, and I suppose the other one is that people want uh, movies with metadata in uh, Russian and Chinese and things like that. Which you know is is possible, um, but of course, again, uh, look. What what other point is if if you've got somebody operating in a wide and a very large scale in our industry illegally? If I sell you a stolen BMW for ten thousand pounds, how much money have I made? Ten thousand pounds, roughly. Right now, China and the Kaleidoscape system. He has to go out and he has to run around, and it's mm -hmm. incredibly labour intensive, very expensive, making all these deals, all these studios, buy these rights, implement it using the regulated systems into and believing movies is one of the most regulated industries yes. i've ever seen and they have to implement it and they have to put it all in place and then he still needs to sell these and he still needs to make a profit on them so he's you know, i think it, it's made his life actually um as he has an amazing product and i understand with what omnion who i spoke to has been really pushing very hard to find you know these fantastic to work in a very legal and above board and and brilliant way uh you know with with the studios and making these same levels of, of effort um uh you know out there but it you know 
it is again, it's a distortion when another company is just, you know, potentially, you know, from what I understand, might well just be selling knockoff DVDs burnt mm. onto hard drives and shipped to yachts, which, you know, it distorts the entire market and makes it very difficult for everybody. So really, they need to dis- just disappear and phase out. And these legitimate systems need to come in. And the more money they make, the more they have to invest in the purchase of future movie rights. And then we will see substantial change in the industry. And presumably the, the cheap product will get cheaper as well. More well, volume. I mean, volume should should drive cost. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, though I've got to say, I don't even think like the profit on the movies is that big a focus for people at the moment. I think it's more about the fact that you know we need to tie we need to tidy things up because otherwise we're going to be back in one of these situations where it's going to be some very big embarrassing moments for the industry, and that's going to negatively impact on owners looking at our industry and going, "What the hell happened there?" If end up with somebody being you know escorted off a yacht in handcuffs, we're going to go, "Oh no, you know that's terrible for the super yacht industry." So. so um, is- I- is that, is that partially like where, where the captain's trying to get a really good deal for the boat and the guy says, okay, no, they're fine, they're fine, they're, 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 we put this on, um, where the owner doesn't necessarily know what's happening, he just knows he's getting a movie system on? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, you know that there's, it can be very cost-driven. Mm-hmm. However, I think it will end up being very, very costly because I think it's, it's amazing to think that there will not be enforcement because there, there will. In that absolutely well, it's, it's, it's getting more so. Sorry, it's getting more so. I mean, we see it on land where uh, the Spanish government actually uh, monitor everybody's internet connection, and if they find that you're streaming movies um, or downloading movies through BitTorrent or whatever, I think you get three warnings, and after that, they ban you from the internet. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that. Absolutely, yeah. I've, I've been working. Um, you know, very, very hard and very closely uh, with the legitimate suppliers in our industry to try and help them to, uh, you know, establish legitimate systems. And they've been incredibly good at engaging, you know, uh, with us and allowing us to kind of like, uh, you know, uh, act as, uh, you know, a, a company that's able to kind of facilitate this this growth with an understanding of how the movie industry actually works. Because this is the problem. I think a lot of people didn't understand it or how the licenses work or anything like that. Mm. So I think you're going to see substantial change in the next six months. But I would encourage all yachts, if you want to see a brighter future for the movie content, and we're not including IP in this, by the way, just yeah. just standard cinema movies, then you know make sure you're getting stuff legally, make sure you're getting it from the right people, and accept that you will not be able to get all movies all of the time. But the more you invest, the more movies you will get. And, and we'll, have a, you know, we'll have a brighter future for the whole movie content side of things. I used to work in the movie industry. Really? Yeah. Worked in the... Oh, I, 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 I knew, Dave. I don't want to ask what kind of movie. <laughs> Terrible image. Terrible um, image. PG. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, was, it was my PG. first first job after school. Uh, right. I've uh, um, done a few. I'm trying to remember if we had any other subjects or if we run out of time, we can cover them next time or what subjects I put forward for you for... Uh, for today and if there's anything we can kind of time never applies to you jack when, oh, when, you, so. when, when you stop talking that's when we we shut down the mic <laughs> that's when you go to sleep what what did you have on your list of subjects then was there i think i may have missed one um shipyard okay. supply chain shipyard supply chain there's a big topic uh, 
I think I think probably not today. That's a really boring subject, but it's it's really interesting if you're into really boring stuff. So I think we'll probably say that <laughs> uh, next time. And I've, you've got these banners, by the way, now. And I just want to repeat your uh, to your listeners. And again, I am plugging here. Um, Plug you can me, and you can join Superyacht Radio April first and second at the World Trade Center in Barcelona to be able to experience some amazing speakers from all across the globe. Uh, it will really be a lot of fun, like very TED Talks in in, in style. Mm-hmm. And I have free tickets for uh, any senior crew, any technical crew, like AVIT officers or ETOs or engineers. You're all welcome. Um, yeah, and uh, we will soon be announcing the Super Yacht Technology Awards. Uh, and for that one, I'm being kind of a little hush about it ah. as well, but uh, it will reward innovation not project-based in technology and individuals who made exceptional contributions to, uh, you know, technology and, and innovation and project management. And um, Is there a section actually, for um, for radio presenter of the industry? Is, is there one of those sections? No. Oh. But uh, we, you know, it, 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 I mean, I've got a print stick and some cardboard. I can come up with something. Depends how you do it covering the conference. Um, we for the awards. We thought we'd hire a venue, and then we realized that the venue we have came with a park. So we've actually hired a park in the center of Montjuic Park. It's quite famous. In the center of Barcelona. That's beautiful. They've got parrots. In it. They've got parrots and everything flying around there. It's lovely. We have a park. We actually have a park, and, and that's where the awards will be. Fire torches and everything and they're a great building inspired by Gaudi um, there and it's going to be a lot of fun so um, you know if you want go on supertechnologyconference.com there is a widget buy your tickets um, and you know or you can go to the to go to the main homepage top right press get tickets and go to ticket tailor and, and get them there and, and if because you, if you forget that address Oh. tomorrow come to Super Yacht Radio website click on the banner and then you can get there oh. You can get them there. But if you also want to be ethical, then you need to drive being ethical yourself. <laughs> so we have teamed up with our friends at Super Yacht Charities. As you know, you support oh, yeah, a yeah. lot of environmental can, can and also individuals um, who, are, who are struggling in the Super Yacht sector. Mm-hmm. And we've done something uh, which is going to hit our bottom line pretty hard. But again, if you're going to do stuff, you know, you've got, you got, you got to action it properly. So... We are giving away the first 200 tickets are only 99 pounds. If you compare that to other conferences in the industry, uh, I would say it's a tiny amount for both days at the World Trade Center in our big 500 seat auditorium innovation lab and 50 percent, 50 percent all ticket revenue is going straight to Super Yacht Charities with a goal this year to raise 10,000 pounds for them on top of, obviously, any other work that we've done in the last 12 months with them. And that's Ken Hickley's um, involved with that, isn't he? Is that Ken Hickley? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ken Hickley, Kerry Petit. Um, they do great things. from Phillips now, who I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a great organization, and yeah. they pick new charities because they're focusing on startup charities. Yeah. And we've done work with the past with, with them as well. And For those of you who don't know, for those of you who don't know who they are, uh, it's an organization that... Uh, does events, etc., um, etc., et raises money. Oh, I've lost the sound here. And Frozen. I'll come back to you, don't worry. And then that money goes out to other charities. So they they divvy up what they've got, and they make sure that now. people who, who need it get that money. 
And have I unfrozen, Jack? Am I still frozen for you? You have. You have. It was very good. It was like Marcel Marseille. It's okay. I, I kept um, going anyway. I kept with the role. We're, we're on a Skype connection. Yeah. And uh, it's a little bit. Sometimes we get a little bit of uh, pausing and interfering. But generally, it's pretty good. Um, that's so I've had in the background, I've actually had uh, my vice executive chairman of Fluffy Affairs, who's otherwise known in my four and a Fluffy, half months sorry, old golden retriever, sorry, who's Fluffy locked himself Affairs. in the garden. So I, I've had quite a distracting noise in my background during this interview <laughs> as well, because it's raining and he doesn't like it. <laughs> oh, bless him. <laughs> what is he, a golden retriever? He's a golden retriever called oh, Louis. Oh, I love them. Love those dogs. Uh, it's very nice we're going to do a little post for halloween with him and some pumpkins and our little uh, thing vice executive chairman of uh of fluffy affairs so uh what, what, affairs, is, what not is sure. fluffy affairs what's that it's a great I, name. I, I i mean it's not a thing. we've obviously invented it we just want it he's part of the company so he's here with you know he's joined we've got a new <laughs> member a genuine new member Vix, who's joined our technical writing team so we've got joe and helen and Vix now on our technical writing team but we thought that we would give uh, Louis his own title, and we thought Vice Executive Chairman of Fluffy Affairs or Furry Affairs was an appropriate title. That's very Monty Python. I like it. Got <laughs> 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 to teach him that ridiculous walk. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, yes, uh, oh, one more thing that I, I thought I'd mention. Um, yeah. Just two talks that we've agreed uh, for the conference since last time that I think you'll be excited about as well is uh, one which will be done by uh, Fergus Bryant from Edmonston, yeah. uh, very senior in the technical side of things. And he will be doing a talk which is kind of like, we haven't agreed fully, but you know, what owners want, essentially, you know, the expectations for technology for owners. That's going to be exciting. And we're very, very proud as well to have signed Lurson to speak on the main stage um, and they've been one of the most engaging <clears throat> and out there to other shipyards that are not engaged with us as much as they should please so engage great. With us. We're, we're actually uh, talking with silky this morning um, oh fantastic lovely lovely yeah. lo lovely lady and uh, they're, they're my favorite boats they're to me yeah i mean they're, they're very very nice and very you know professionally run um, and and we're very proud that they're going to be on the main stage giving a, a fantastic talk at the conference um, the final thing, which I did want to to say, because I, I do unfortunately have a call in nine minutes, is that um, we are launching our blueprint, which is our we do two every year, winter and summer, and it's rampacked magazine in print and digital available. Um, so if you want to receive it, just make sure you subscribe. Go on the website, and an annoying pop-up will uh, pop up when you arrive <laughs> in the next 20 minutes, asking for your email. And we can send that to you. If you want a hard copy, you can come to our stands in the Superior Pavilion at Metz, or obviously it will be distributed, and it can be shipped to you uh, on request as well. So that actually comes out at that? Metz. That comes out at Metz. Yeah, it's the winter blueprint. And then, um, actually, funnily enough, normally we just do our winter and summer blueprint, but this year... For the conference, we're doing a special owner's Spring. blueprint. Oh, owners. Yeah, with a lot of more focus on technology that would affect directly the owner whilst they're on the yacht. Coming back to the first conversation we had today, then you can take it with you. And you, when the owner says, the internet's crap, I don't like this lighting, whatever it is, you can give them this and say, here you go. Read this awesome stuff from Sukiot Technology News. And you can pick what you want to change. Let's get it on the work list for September rather than wait till you go home in September and then try and get it approved. Then it's all approved by the time the work list uh, comes around. So if you want to be part of that, get in contact with us. 
and you know get yourself on the work list well said <laughs> i think i've done 52 plugs for my own business I, today, I think if only you had a book to launch but you do you have a magazine to launch of course <laughs> well yes we are on deadline but that's fine yeah. well, we've got a great team so uh actually yeah. they allow me to focus on uh the core of the business because and actually i have found the more i interfere with our fantastic editor joe joanna palmer mm. the more i interfere with her the more it all goes wrong so uh you Jeez. know i tend to step back cause and effect hmm yes well micromanagement it's not a good way to do things it's if a, you want to actually run business no no it's 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 never well received and it normally doesn't work out well either no, they don't need they don't need me to interfere to be honest she no. runs it absolutely fantastically and uh, certainly does not need me sticking my nose into things so uh well, yes it's big of um, you to say that well thank you very much thank you very much and if anybody wants to send us some great news then send it through or come up with some you know awesome subjects for us to cover um, I still, I still find that people don't send us quite enough news. Sometimes I wish they would send up more because we, we'd like to be put out three, four stories a day. We currently put out about one, and obviously we have a lot of our own content but as it, well. It can be difficult. Um, we found that with with certain giveaways, and you, you'll offer something for free, and um, funny people, it's difficult to get them to to you know react on it, and then you'll speak you to people. Spend a little more on your prizes, Dave. <laughs> well, th these are prizes from companies. They, they they offer prizes, and we'll put them out there. But uh, but then we'll meet people, and they go, "Oh, I heard about that, you know, bottle of champagne or that the case of whiskey." Oh, when do you? Oh, I I didn't think I'd win. Well, you're not going to win if you don't send us an email or if, uh, anyway. Jack, it's you got to be in it to win it. I didn't make that up. Uh, I'm sure I heard it somewhere. I just can't remember where it was. What was that? In it to win it. It's the in national it to lottery. Win it. Yeah, if you're not in, you can't win. That's a, an ad for the, the the lottery. You're right. It's, it is. Yeah. Um, yes. So I think I think if you don't mind, I think we may have covered everything we, we need to cover today. And I look forward to doing another uh, talking tech segments uh, next month. Um, yes. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I'm, I'm sure, sure a lot's going to come up. But let's have a look at what's going on at Mets. Maybe there's a few uh, good topics there, and. Um, you're turning out one, two, three articles uh, a day. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll muster something together. Jack, it's, as always, a pleasure speaking with you. An absolute pleasure. Come by the stand. I will give you one of the complimentary beers which we are given. Just the one. I'm just the one. Like, I'm, I'm just no, shocked they you, refill you quantified right. that. <laughs> okay. Jack, Brilliant. Take Thanks. care Thank of yourself. You. Radio for uh, having me on. And, uh, you know, speak to you next month on the next Talking Tech. Yeah, or if anything comes up in between now and then, let us know. Will do. Thanks, bye. Jack Robinson, Super Yacht, Super Yacht I was about to say Super Yacht Radio, Super Yacht Technology News. Um, you're listening to Super Yacht News, Super Yacht Radio. Oh, God, there's too many of them. I'm going to stop right there. And uh, time for some music. We've got um, Out of Touch, Uniting Nations. 